I'm Kyle. And I'm Jason. And this is Monetize Media. On today's episode, we speak with Nor'easter, Nick Pip, president and founder of Norcast TV, a local weather app. Nick provides hyper-local weather to the South Jersey community across digital platforms and has big plans for expansion through franchising personalized digital weather forecasts across the U.S. Nick pumps out his local weather forecast to over 100,000 followers on social media. He monetizes by selling direct sponsorships to local businesses, bringing in over a quarter of a million dollars per year. Nick has mastered the art of creating a streamlined process to maximize his output and knowing where he wants to take the business. What on the surface seems like just local weather forecasts on social may be a budding meteorological empire. Listen now as Nick talks about dealing with a difficult childhood, how that sharpened his weather and business skills at a young age, starting a full-time job at 17 years old, building his own online weather platform, and his plans to take on local news outlets across the country via a franchise model. On to the interview. Okay, want to welcome on Nor'easter Nick Pittman, founder and president of Norcast TV. Now, typically I will read an intro and a bio here, but Nick, welcome to the show. And you started giving us your bio off air. So why don't you just do it? Thank you, guys. I really appreciate your time and I appreciate you uh, allowing me to join you. This is really cool. I, and congrats on your success over the years. I love to see that. So I, I'm going to use the same bio that I use when I go visit schools. You know, I start at the very beginning. I was born at a young age. I grew up in Brigantine, which is a little island north of Atlantic City. I'm sure some of your global audience that might have ties to the New Jersey area know where that is. I was terrified of thunderstorms growing up. I used to hide under my bed and beg my grandmother to take me to the police department or the mall or somewhere that I couldn't see these storms coming in. And, you know, that fear ultimately turned into a fascination. It was really that the one weather event that did it was the blizzard of 1996. That, that was like the hallmark storm, if you will. It's what we compare everything to in this business. And from that point on, I, I knew I wanted to get into broadcast meteorology. I was lucky, though. Uh, my elementary school was brand new the year that I started, and they had Comcast come in and build a TV studio for them. So we had a green screen. We had full capabilities. So I was doing the weather live every morning for years. I was six years old when I started this. And I went into uh, middle school with that. I won a contest for CBS3, uh, their KidCaster competition. So they went to like 20 different malls. They lined up kids and we would audition. And Kathy Orr was the meteorologist back then for CBS3. And I, I'll never forget this. They had a script for you to read. Uh, and I guess it was the, you know, whoever could read the script the best got to win. Well, I walk up and I told the camera person, I don't need that. And they looked at me like I have like 10 heads. And I went into my own thing and they were impressed. So I won. And then I got to, to go up to Philly, do the weather live up there. And I think I was 10. I always knew I wanted to get in the weather, but that solidified uh, me going this path. I was raised by my grandmother, my single grandmother. She was diagnosed with Alzheimer's when I was 10. So I had to learn how to take care of her and cook and clean, balance a checkbook, all this kind of stuff that a kid shouldn't have to do. But I never told anybody what was going on out of fear of being taken away by the state or something like that. So ultimately, her condition deteriorated so much where she sold the house and she moved into an assistant living house. 
I moved to a town called Hamilton. I moved in with my parents. These are people that really weren't in my life. And I'll never forget, I used to sleep on the floor of my mother's room. And if I wasn't home for dinner, I wouldn't get dinner. I started working part-time pushing carts at ShopRite and I was making like 150 bucks a week. I paid 100 bucks a week to live in this apartment on the floor. So my younger years, my, my teenage years were rough, but going into Hamilton High School, literally my first day there, I find out, oh, they just built a TV studio. I mean, what are the chances? So I went to the TV teacher and I said, hey, I did this in Brigantine. I would like to do it here as well. He gave me the job and all four years of high school, I did it. I got really close to my TV teacher. He was amazing, Mr. Joseph. Uh, and he approached me, I think I was 17 in junior year. And he says, I want you to put a demo video together and put it out to the different TV stations. And I'm like, Mr. Joseph, you're crazy. I'm 17. Nobody's ever going to look at me. And I got a job, NBC 40 in Atlantic City, 17, doing weekend weather. And the rest is history. I, I was with TV 40 for five years until they closed down. Comcast started my career as a kid. <laughs> then they ended my TV career when they bought NBC because we were competing against Philadelphia. We were taking their ratings away and whatnot. So they shut us down. It used to be a family owned and operated business, but then it wasn't anymore. So that the kids just decided to, to sell it off for hopes of making it big in the spectrum sale, which never happened. And the station still exists just, you know, with nothing on it anymore. But at any rate, a local TV guy said, hey, I'm going to start my own program, a local entrepreneur, and hired us all from TV40. We were doing that for four years, but it cost a million bucks a year to run that enterprise, and it just it fell apart. So that's when I decided, do I go into another market? Do I rebuild? Do I go back into retail? Because I, I climbed the corporate ladder at the same time of working in the local TV. I was a store manager for ShopRite. I didn't want to do that. So I said, okay, I looked at all of our clients that we had advertising with us and I called them all up. I was on my way. I was going on vacation to Key West. So I knew a week before everybody else that we were going to be closing when I got back. My CFO told me, and uh, while I'm on vacation in a hot tub, I'm calling all of my contacts saying, hey, I'm going to start my own local weather program on Facebook and utilize my following would you advertise with me? And that was the start of it. That was three years ago. I did some work for a local TV station in North Jersey for a few years, but that wasn't my focus. My focus, my baby, if you will, has been building the Norcast brand. And things have grown exponentially since I started. I'm up to 100,000 followers on Facebook now, and I'm reaching about a million and a half people on a weekly basis. Let's unpack that a bit. I mean, number one, <laughs> a lot there. <laughs> A quick note too, I mean, 100,000 followers on Facebook in a very niche thing like the weather is a huge number. That is a, that's a great number. So kudos to you. Back to being hired at 17. I mean, you must have been the most mature 17 year old on the planet at that time because of your life experiences. I'm going to tell my son your, your story tonight. I, my, I have an only child. And you think you've got, listen to what Nick Pittman did. You know, this is, it's amazing. But the question being though, when you came in at 17, did you feel kind of some of this? I know it was a smaller channel, but did you feel people being like, whoa, 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 who's this 17 year old coming in here taking jobs? So it's funny when I look back at, uh, at pictures of myself back then, I actually looked older then than I do now, but I did have a baby face and that's why I grew this. I, we did a no shave November one year and I just never shaved it off after that because I realized, hey, if people think I'm older, then I'm going to become you know, more distinguished and more reputable, as ridiculous as that sounds, but it's the truth in TV. I mean, there was a little bit of it. I worked with 
some people in the field that kind of looked down on me because at that point there was no college education or anything. It was just my passion. And I didn't ask my grandmother for fairy tale stories or, or books like that. I was reading about thermodynamics at eight years old. So I taught myself basically all this. And then years later, I would go back and uh, do the online program, but I knew what I needed to know. And I think there were some that saw me climb so quickly and they went the traditional path and they're like, oh, wait, what's, what's this? What's going on? I'm, I'm not at that level. And there is a level of jealousy that, that came along with it. Look, my viewers, I can count on both my hands, like 10 incidents I've had in 13 years of doing this. The viewers are wonderful here and they're very loyal. And, you know, I'm knock on wood, I'm going strong and I, I've never really had that issue. So I'll be 30 in September and I, I have 13 years of experience under my belt. And when I tell people that, they're like, what? So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm very fortunate to have started at such a young age. I'm, I was the youngest at that station ever, but there was a, a guy, if you're familiar with Channel 10, Ted Greenberg, he started at the same station when he was also 17. But we talked about this. I have him beat by a couple months. <laughs> nice. So, okay. So we got the background, we got the origin, we get how you lead up to, to Norcast. Tell us about the content business and the business itself and and give us the overview of what it encompasses beyond just your Facebook following. And then we'll kind of unpack each of those things individually. I think everybody's aware that in the digital space and in news in general, why do people watch? Generally, it's for the weather because there's so much negativity going on in the world. Everybody is angry and sad. And, you know, at least the weather's positive unless there's a tornado coming through your area. But even then we try to be that helping hand to walk you through all those situations. So Weather is huge, especially with you know severe weather increasing and uh, the patterns changing up a bit. It's becoming more unpredictable. So I, I've always found that in the digital space, uh, weather gets a lot of interaction. I think it's politics and then weather. So it's a great place to be. The business concept is basically taking, I do six videos a day, all produced in my home studio. So I have a full TV production studio in my house. I run a barren weather system and I have camera, monitors, lights, all that kind of stuff. And I have a switcher. I can instantly connect to anybody. I, I know there's a, a shortage of meteorologists around the country now, and we'll get to that later on about my, my business idea here. But essentially I do the videos. I do six of them. They go on my website, Norcast.tv. They go on YouTube. They go on Facebook and everyone is sponsored. There's nothing that I don't do that isn't sponsored, that that's a general uh, rule of thumb here. And I, I try to tell people that, you know, that are just getting into the business, I don't care if it's a $100 sponsor, you're going to get them exposure and show your worth and, and what your value is. So, you know, I, I was joking the other day with somebody, uh, if I do something witty or a joke, soon it's going to be brought to you by somebody, you know, but really, I mean, it's, it's getting to that point. So from 5 a.m. to 11 p.m. every day, every hour, I have a forecast graphic with the forecast with a message that the business provides, their logo, and it's tagged on Facebook. Now, you know, we are all bombarded with logos and uh, advertisements everywhere. The difference between this and traditional advertising is the fact that this is sponsored content content that people are looking for. You know, they're physically going to my page to look for the forecast. So it is the perfect way to just covertly serve them an ad that they're reading the forecast. And then before they even realize it, they're seeing how they can save money on an HVAC system. So I think it is the perfect model here. And it's really interesting that I know there's some others coming on board with this idea now, but really I was, I was the first that I'm aware of. And you would think that this is just glaring you in the face. So I do that. Do you sell your own ads? I do. Yeah. I'm actually to the point where 
I just hired a salesperson because I'm expanding in other ways. And as I'm expanding the company, I just don't have time to do everything by myself. It would be uh, foolish for me to believe that I could. When I was a little younger, I used to say, oh yeah, I'll conquer the world all by myself. I don't need anybody. Well, you get older and realize that you tire a little uh, quicker and uh, it's just impossible to be uh, everywhere. So the plan going forward is uh, I, I just invested a lot in my new website. It was nor'easternick.com. But then I said, that sounds too egotistical for what I want to do. I changed it to Nordcast TV because down the road, it's going to be more than just weather. I want to be like an Uber, uh, so to say. I'm partnering with a local realtor. She's doing highlights about the different towns in South Jersey and why you should move here. I'm going to be partnering with a chef, a fitness coach, a financial expert. So they're going to be writing stuff for my site. Uh, they're going to pay me a fee to live on my website. It gives them exposure. It gives my viewers more content to look at. And then they get to sell the ad space around their specific page. So they'll be able to make money on it as well. So I think that model really, really works. Back to the, the shortage of meteorologists across the country. News is hard. You know, it's so negative, like I was saying, but the pay just isn't there. People automatically think, oh, you're, you're on TV. You must be a millionaire. That's clearly not the case unless you're in a, a top 10 market, really. Uh, and even there, in the past couple of years, I interviewed uh, just to see what was going on. And it's not what you would think. But meteorologists with similar situations like mine, where they have large followings, but they don't want to do TV anymore. And maybe they're thinking about going the communications route or whatnot. Well, I'm here to say no. You can do exactly what I did, but let me help you because it's hard to start off on your own. So I am now thinking uh, in the process, I'm talking to several different people right now of franchising my business where I would provide the equipment, the hardware, the monitors, the, the computer graphics and all that kind of stuff uh, and the sales training. And we would build the website for them as well since it already exists. We just have to change it for their DMA. Um, and then they would pay me a franchise fee. So they wouldn't have to worry about anything other than going out and selling their, their product. So that's one aspect of the business that we're also looking at. And then finally, I just signed the deal this week. I'm starting a 24-7 streaming channel. It's going to be on Apple TV. It's going to be on Roku, Amazon, basically every over-the-top platform that exists. Because let's face it, digital is great, and that, that's digital, but it also it kind of marries new media with traditional media where people still have that old school feeling, folks over 55 years old really want to watch something on their TV. I get that. So they'll be able to turn this app on and it's going to be like the Weather Channel, but more personalized, local on the eights. Uh, my video forecast will be popping up. We'll have banner ads for sponsors. We're going to have 30 second ads. And then all the videos that I do on Facebook can now all of a sudden be double dipped and have a different sponsor, same video, different sponsor on the channel. So that's uh, another direction we're going in. Um, yeah, uh, kind of often 50 different directions, but I'm sure it'll come together. But all great. Jason and I <laughs> yeah, are about to good. fight over the mic here because I know we both have like 100 questions. This is awesome. So do you got one, Jason? Or you, you want well, me to I, I just had a quick one. Is over the top app be Norcast as well? Just all one brand? Yes, I, I want to brand everything under the same thing to avoid any kind of confusion. Awesome. And the reason I'm just, and I'll shut up, Kyle. After this, you know, it's, I looked for an app on my Samsung TV the other day because I used to always go to channel 101 on Comcast back in the day and it's gone. And I wanted the ability, if, if I don't want to look at my phone, to have it up on my screen. And it was a god-awful app. I don't, even, I don't even know what it's called. So I can already tell you, for somebody like me, you've already hit the nail on the head. So awesome. 
<laughs> so this is so good because um, so many people we have on, they think about what they're doing in the moment. And then we ask like, hey, what is the grand plan? How do you scale it? And some people have an answer and some don't. You know, you're there. So I, I want to get into all of this. I think at the heart of all of this is weather, to your point earlier, weather has driven local news forever, right? And really, it's got this following on social media and it's very popular on digital but the big names in weather always seem to be the local TV people. And everything, the formatting, the way it's set up, it's all really driving to get people to watch the newscast that night because that's where the big dollars come in. And, and you see even some of these TV stations, sure, that you can now watch it on their website. You can now get it online, but it all feels like it's almost a funnel to get you to tune into the news broadcast, which is what really pays the bills. But you're taking this in the opposite direction, digital first. Talk to us about the difference in formatting and in how you think about timing. You know, one of my big issues with newspapers or TV is 6 p.m. the following morning for a newspaper. Like, weather doesn't stop. So how do you think about formatting weather different for the internet and digital than versus TV? And then we'll kind of dig in deeper to the business models. Well, you know, first of all, TV stations need to adapt or, or change the way they're doing stuff quickly or they're going to go the way of some of these newspapers. Uh, it's just not going to work anymore. And, you know, I still keep in contact. I'm, I'm friends with everybody in Philly. We all talk and they're telling me, you know, what's going on behind the scenes. And it's it's not a good scenario because look, let's look at this for a second. So if I'm company XYZ, why would I spend $600 to be put on for 30 seconds during your newscast when I can take that same $600 and now break it up into 15 or 20 different 30 second commercials for, you know, like a platform like mine or any OTT service where advertising isn't needed. It's not necessary. You're, you're not selling anything tangible. It's a feeling you're going into a customer and you're selling, Hey, this commercial is going to make somebody feel this way and make you buy their product. Right? Companies are getting very smart about this. And even the big companies that used to pour millions into local TV, they are backing off because they're seeing that uh, they can use their assets and their financial capabilities in a much better way. So that's where I'm swooping in, going the opposite direction. Look, you can tell people all day long, hey, this big storm is coming. We're going to have more on it at six o'clock tonight. Then you have to sit through their commercials. You got to sit through the sports. You got to sit through the depressing news. And you could have already gotten that information instantaneously from somebody on Facebook. That is what is undermining the, the news industry right now. And it's a shame because I'm a proponent of local information. I fear that one day we are going to get to a point where you have only the national outlets left. And then you end up in a situation where you get even more polarized because let's face it, you know, local news isn't really polarizing. It's just telling you what the facts are. But when you get into the national programming, it's 90% opinion shows. So that is the scary territory that we are working into. I would like to see TV stations make that about face turn and focus more on digital. Because like I said, you can stand there all day and say, join me at six o'clock. It's not going to work especially for people my age, I don't remember. And I'm in the industry. The last time I sat down and watched the six o'clock news. However, it will work the other way where you can stand on there in TV and say, hey, we're going to have a, a severe weather special coming up after the news at seven o'clock. Join us there. People will migrate easily over to the, those digital platforms. So I think this is all about understanding that people have very short attention spans and they don't have a whole lot of time to sit there and, and watch a three minute video or uh, you know, read a whole dissertation. I'm a little bit verbose. Uh, I have a very difficult time 
tailoring what I have to say. I've gotten better over the years, but my forecast descriptions are very short. You know, they're three or four sentences. It's just bam, bam, bam. Every hour you, you get a piece of what you need. I do the longer videos, two and a half, three minutes for people that want to sit through that. But on my website, I've also formulated a Norcast short. It's called, it's a 30 second video that just goes after, this is where we are right now. This is where we're going tonight and tomorrow in your seven day forecast and get it over with, you know, for the people that don't have time. When there are storms coming along, I have these big, long dissertations, everything broken down. But a couple of years ago, I said, all right, well, what if somebody's not going to read through all that? And it really started to aggravate me that I put my heart and soul into this stuff. And then there's questions about stuff I already answered in the body of uh, what I wrote. So I said, okay, let me cater to those people as well. So at the very top of these long dissertations, I put a soccer mom with five kids summary. And that basically bullet points, five different things. You could take that and run with it and you know the very basics. If you wanna learn more, there are people out there interested in this stuff, then you can get down into the synoptic discussion, you know, the, the, the meat and potatoes. Talk about the importance of the forecast itself. Because I think a lot of people would say, Jason and I have had this conversation a lot. Hey, I got a weather app, I got Carrot, I got whatever it is on my phone. Talk about the importance of the forecast providing context for that. Because I always find those like, useful barely because you know I, i'm looking at you know tomorrow for example and it says rain or, or saturday and it's got 86 percent chance of rain but then the forecast is like yeah it's going to stop at 6 a.m and that's not an accurate talk about why that's so important to give that you know especially this time of the year and people coming down to the shore uh they look at the app and it's, it's going to say 86 percent chance of rain and then somebody would look at that and say well, I'm not going to the shore. And then when it's not raining, then we look bad because they don't understand that there's no little human inside of your phone putting in that information, right? It's all model-based and it's coming every six hours, every time the models are, are rerun, it's gonna change. And I think that's where that, that misinformation, that misunderstanding comes into view here where people think that, oh, we just change our minds all the time when that's not really the case. It's just the model flip-flopping. But look, a weather app is not going to be walking you through a severe weather situation. Last September with Tropical Storm Ida that came through, five miles from my house, first time in my career, I'm on the air under a tornado warning. That was the craziest time in my life because I had to make a decision. Am I going to get to my basement? Or am I going to stay on and help countless other people that were watching? I think there were like 10,000 people watching. I didn't feel comfortable leaving that. So I was looking at where the circulation was. Again, a weather app's not going to tell you that. And I was able to draw an arrow and say, hey, if you are south of this line, you're good. You have nothing to worry about, even though you're under a tornado warning. This is where the, the circulation is. We can zoom all the way in the street level, show people where that's going. And I got a lot of positive feedback from uh, city officials, uh, even people in the community that were was destroyed. They were grateful that they had this information. They had landmarks. Unfortunately, the Philly people, they don't know this area like I do. So I can say, hey, it's right by Dunkin' Donuts on the south side of Elm Street, you know? So that, that's the advantage there. But whether people, meteorologists are always going to be needed because no matter how good technology gets, it's that personal feel. It's that relationship that you build with the viewer. And that is what will carry us through all of this. Yeah, that trust factor that you build with someone over time. And I imagine you're probably factoring that into the franchise idea, because if you have a shortage of, of meteorologists across the country, and I'm, you know, living somewhere in potentially, say, you know, uh, rural Oklahoma, but 
a weather person has your franchise app, there's Norcast and they're doing it. When those storms hit and I'm developing, you know, a trust factor with this person, I'm seeing them on Facebook, I'm seeing them on Twitter, maybe I'm seeing them on TikTok, whatever it is, that's who you're going to go to in a time of a weather emergency. And I mean, we see it. it's like, oh, well, I'm going to go to this channel. I trust that person. Exactly. I always tell people social media is a gift and a curse. It's a gift because instantly I can go on at two o'clock in the morning. We had one of the tropical storms last uh, summer in July. Tornado warning for Ocean City. National I, I Weather was, Service. I was and, and there. This, right? oh, really? <laughs> yeah. This really made me upset because they dropped the tornado watch and they said that there's no more concern of tornadoes while there was a band offshore that was going to make it in in about two hours. So I said, I, I remember outlining that band and I said, hey, watch out two o'clock in the morning. If this comes ashore, there's likely going to be some spin-ups here. So at that point, I was up for like 22 hours straight. I was exhausted. So I had another friend who was another weather weenie. I said, hey, can you watch this for me? Uh, you can log into my system, watch radar. If it looks like it's getting close and still spinning, give me a call. I'm going to take a nap. Sure enough, an hour later, my phone rings. I run downstairs and I pop on here and two o'clock in the morning, there were a few thousand people watching. And you know, that's the gift. Now the curse is, unfortunately, there are a lot of people out there that whether it's for their lack of knowledge, maybe they're, you know, they love weather and they want to talk about stuff. People share models that they'll share like a 15 day GFS run of a category four going into New York. And all of a sudden there's panic everywhere. And then when that doesn't come to fruition, that goes right back to, oh, you weather guys are never right. So it's a, a constant battle. But I do think that our ability to help people, tens of thousands of people, outweighs the distractors and whatnot. So for the business model, I want to get into the, the franchising in a sec, but talk about your the local South Jersey portion of the business. You, you sell ads. Obviously, you're bringing in sponsorship dollars. Talk about it generally. I see you have some consulting stuff on the website as well. I don't know how much you do it. What does it look like for you today? Sort of revenue mix, where you spend your time? I used to beat down doors and, and call and all that kind of stuff. Now it's gotten to the point where people just come to me. Every now and then I'll put a, an at a, you know, a post out there saying, hey, this is a, an effective way to advertise, get your business seen and all that. Uh, but I, I just have businesses contact me. They tell me who they are. We set it up super simple, three-month contracts. Because people ask me all the time, hey, can I come on for a month? That's all I want to do. Here's a, a few hundred dollars. And then I'll say, I, as much as I, I want to work with you, I don't want to take your money if that's all you're, you're going to do because it's marketing malpractice. What you do is you establish the brand for the first couple months that the more repetitions people see, the more it's going to lock in their brain. So it's really going to take until you know the third month to start getting results. So that's why I do these three-month contracts. But look, I, I'll be transparent. When I started out with the business on my own, I was making about... $6,000 a month. And at the time I was like, Hey, that that's pretty good. That, and, very good for starting out yeah. with something local. Yeah. This month I'm closing in on 25,000. So I, I'm, I'm going to be exceeding over a quarter of a million dollars working in this little office here, all based off name recognition, the trust factor, and the ability to just be everywhere all the time. I have to ask when, a, when it is the winter, you know, a snowstorm, we love to warn about snowstorms like five days in advance, you know? Is there like a, a Nor'easter Nick ad special kind of thought process that, you know, hey, we know the eyeballs are going to be coming on Friday. Do we get down into that type of granularity for ads? 
So we do. Uh, and it's not on the spot. It's it's a pre-sold package. Uh, I do it in the, the winter and in the summer. I'll say, hey, for $5,000, just making up a, a number here for the season, anytime there is a severe weather situation, I'm going to throw you on. And we know that that's going to get the, the most traction. So yeah, I, I thought about that a few years ago. I have that for static ads. I have it for video ads. And I have it for the, the Facebook lives as well. What does your process look like for ads? You know, Jason and I both used to run local sites and I've dealt with local businesses and it can be tricky because they're not super corporate billing, invoicing, things like that. You know, you're wearing a lot of hats. What does your process look like? Not just for how you charge for these on a three month basis, but just managing the inventory and all of that and dealing with local advertisers. It can be, it can be tough. Yeah, it can be. And I, I'm a big picture guy. I'm the the kind of guy that I, I see the end result. Uh, I know how I'm getting there, but sometimes the details are lacking. I'm lucky where my husband is the opposite. He's a worry wart, first of all, but he's very, he's like a micromanager. And I, I kind of need that in my life. Complete opposites there. But we put together a system. For the longest time, it was just going by memory, which didn't work. Um, <laughs> I found checks laying in drawers that I never cashed. And I'm like, well, how much money am I missing out on? So Sounds like our I, office. <laughs> I, I bit the bullet. I decided, okay, I'll pay the fee or whatever it is for QuickBooks. Now everything is organized there. All my customers coming in. When I interact with a customer, it's usually through my website or email they'll send me and I'll get a feel for what their business is. I'll ask them what their budget is. And then I formulate a special package, whether it's uh, banner ads on the website, video pre-rolls, all that kind of stuff. And then I'll make them a proposal. From there, I'll say, give me a high-res logo, give me the message that you want to get out there, the website that you want the, the ad tied to and all that kind of stuff. And then I charge up front because I have been burned in the past where somebody just contacts you, they want to run an ad, and then you never hear from them again. And I'm like, well, that's not going to happen to me anymore. So, And most of the companies are absolutely fine with it. They don't really care. They know that I'm a reputable person. It's going to be there and whatnot. So I have a schedule. I have a schedule that it's just a plain Excel sheet, but on what day, what time I run a certain ad and then I just simply cross it off once I, I schedule that. For the streaming channel, I was not going to take control of that. There is a software called On The Air and it schedules everything. Everything goes into a folder. You set the time and it, it'll do the traffic and everything for you. And uh, that's what I wanted costly, but in my mind, it's much worth doing that than sitting there and, and doing it manually. So uh, from start to finish with, with a new customer coming on, it can get done in as little as uh, a couple days. Sometimes it takes a little while longer going back and forth. I have a, a voiceover guy who voices all of the pre-rolls for me, and he has the voice of God, like literally. He owns a TV, uh, a radio station that I work for, Wibbage down in Ocean City. And he is also, fun fact, the voice of the Disney monorail. So if you ever are oh, on wow. monorail and you hear his voice, that's him. So uh, he made that years ago. So yeah, that's, that's a that. great, that's a great piece. That's a great fact. That's amazing. <laughs> it's a great cocktail party starter for him. Totally. Yeah. Right. Like, well, we were on it one day. We were exhausted after being in the park all day. And we're like this. And then I, I'm hearing the announcements about the, the doors opening and closing. I'm like, is that Rick Brancadora? <laughs> so I, I took a, a recording of it and I sent it to somebody else that works at the station. I, and he was like, yeah, that he did that back in like the nineties. So, yeah. So is it all, is, is it a hundred percent of the revenue direct ads? Uh, is there anything else added to the mix today? Uh, most of it is ads. I do some consulting. I, I, I opened a consulting arm of the company, which I'm maybe, 
I had a, a meeting with a company yesterday that's looking to, to sell or at least one of the partners get out of it. I might buy into it because they have an established clientele list. So there's that, but uh, I haven't had a whole lot of time to focus on it. I actually hired somebody that worked at a consulting company to kind of lead, to head that up. He'll be doing that in the uh, the fall and winter months because I mean, in the summer, yeah, you got the thunderstorm chances, but it's more of a landscaping municipal government type thing where how much snow are we going to get a half of an inch, an inch, uh, you know, it, it all can mean different things for how people react. So there's that. And then I work at a couple radio stations just doing their, their weather for them. Uh, one station up along the North Jersey coastline, they gave me a, a it's called a Comrex and it connects directly to their station. Five o'clock in the morning, I do their morning show and, and that's it. So Kind of all over the place. I'm, I'm the spokesperson for a local company down here. I do a lot of their stuff. Uh, so it, it's, it's a mixture, but it's mainly uh, ad revenue based. How about on the technology side, Nick? I'm imagining the the graphics, the, the radar. In my mind, that feels like that's something that's pricey. And then also to building that out, building out the seven-day forecast. It, it, do you do all of that? Is And also too, is, and then that's then all going to be made available to the franchisees as well, those same types of programs? Right. So I go with a, uh, a system called Barron. So my last TV station, SNJ Today, uh, I forced them to buy it. NBC40, we didn't have a graphics package. We had Photoshop, we had uh, PowerPoint, and we made our graphics that way. Very time consuming. Nothing is in you know uh, real time. Uh, it was very annoying. And we carried that over for the first couple years at SNJ. And then I went to the owner and I said, I want a graphic system. And he says, well, they're very expensive. You know, how are we going to pay for that? I said, just wait and see. A week later, I went back to him and said, okay, I have five sponsors. We're going to start this segment called Backyard Weather. One sponsor gets one night a week and that's going to pay the bill. And we bought it. And then when the TV station closed down, I approached the owner and said, well, you're not going to be using this. So I will buy the equipment at pennies on the dollar. Otherwise, it's just going to sit there. And he agreed. And I took over the contract, which was astronomical. And it cut into my profit for the first year and a half. But I, I had no other choice because I wasn't going to go backwards. It was $2,800 a month. That's the mortgage of my house. So insane. And then I was able to negotiate with them when the contract expired. I went to a digital only because they were paying for a broadcast license. I don't need that. But yeah, we will be, this is all the graphics go to a scheduler. And then from there, they'll be accessible to uh, anybody that, that franchises. Uh, so I will eventually get it for free and then make money on it. So that's the plan there. Your business skills are... You could tell you were doing a lot at a young age. Like this is, you are, you got all areas of your business on like sharpened. This is great. My, my grandmother, she was, before she was, you know, she came down with the Alzheimer's, she was a shark of a businesswoman. She owned a bunch of bars around uh, Delaware County. And we're talking back in the days before credit cards and all that kind of stuff. So I can only imagine how much money, you know, she skimmed. But no, I, I sat Did in you on, check on the inside of her mattress at some point. Yeah, <laughs> right. I, I know. And uh, she would take me on all of her business trips and her transactions. And I would sit there in the, the room with bankers and whatnot and just observe. And she was a little Jewish woman instilled in me at six years old. You know, nobody is going to do this for you. You have to go out and, and do it on your own. And it, it always stuck. I think I was seven. Uh, we had a, uh, a carport at the house. And I remember starting my own business, what I thought was a business, uh, of washing people's cars. So 
I, I hung up flyers around Brigantine. Uh, I'd have people come into the carport. I'd wipe them down uh, and I'd charge 10 bucks. And uh, that, that first summer I made like four grand just doing cars. And in my bedroom, I had her make me another telephone line. I thought I was like, uh, you know, the big man on campus with my own telephone. And uh, it, it was great. But yeah, I've always had this entrepreneurial spirit, really. So you got the, the tech and the feeds coming in. What is your, you seems like you literally have a command center set up at your house. Local TV stations run ads on, you know, their fancy weather command centers with blazing graphics across the screen. But I think you have one of those in your house. What does your setup look like? So I have a switcher right there. Everything is connected to the switcher that runs all the video. But aside from that, honestly, it's super simple where it's all done through Wirecast. I mean, everything runs into to Wirecast. The switcher I only use as a backup for recording. There's a, like a deck that goes into there and then it feeds the feed from the computer into the monitors, uh, the, the teleprompter, the two monitors that I have. But everything is just run through Wirecast and once this- uh... Describe Wirecast. Oh, so Wirecast is, uh, it's an app. It's basically like a switcher. It's software that you- uh, you can run different feeds into. So I take the feed from my weather graphics system. I have a feed for the main camera on the weather wall. I have one for my computer camera and uh, I can switch between each scene and record in there. So I do all of my weather hits uh, right there. It's really, really cool with the technology. Like when I started this, uh, I, I either didn't know about Wirecast or it wasn't to the point where it is now. Everything was more difficult and I, I relied heavily on that switcher. And I would have to take the cartridge out and then put that back onto the computer, put it in Premiere, which is an editing software, and then export. And that process to do one video took 10 minutes. Uh, now I record directly to the computer and I can instantly upload it to uh, Facebook or just do it live all through this software. So it, it just makes life much, much better. I read, Nick, that you visit 50 schools a year normally and and you know obviously introduce weather to the kids i i also imagine you you must be you know a local celebrity too i mean walking around everybody recognizing it's got to be a pretty cool feeling when i was younger i guess uh you know that was like the coolest thing in the world uh believe it or not i am if this makes sense to you i'm an extroverted introvert i am fine going i'll talk to the link filled up with people. I don't care that none of that makes me nervous, but one-on-one -on -one interactions with people or, you know, groups of people, especially my age, I don't really get along with people my age because I, all my friends have always been 20, 30 years older than me. So uh, I just, I get along better with older people, but I'm not for the glitz and glamour. Like literally everybody down here knows who I am. I can't go somewhere without being recognized. And it's cool. It's humbling for sure. But I think it's important to stay grounded. I always tell my interns that I have, never forget where you came from because it can be taken from you in an instant. And if you become pompous, if you start acting like uh, you're untouchable, you know, that's when it all goes downhill. So I'm the way I look at it, I'm just uh, like everybody else. I just happen to have a very large platform and a big voice and that's it. You know, I, I believe in, I'll, I'll give anybody the time of day. I, I like people to, to conversate with me. It uh, might be a little awkward because nobody knows what to say. It's always the same line of, oh, I follow you every day. I love your house. Literally, it's like a script that, that is printed out in a fan group somewhere. Uh, they just cover all the bullet points. But hey, I wouldn't be where I am without them. And I will always make time for the people that follow. So uh, This is great. So you have your business on lock in, in Jersey, for sure, right? Yeah. 
I have no competition. So it's like perfect. <laughs> but there are so many people. We talk to so many creators and you know, we've been in these shoes and a lot of people don't have that complimentary business sense. They're either the content person or the business person. And you got that rare, you know, that rare synergy of, of a command of both. And I think you probably find that a lot of people who want to do the weather don't have the business sense, certainly to go out and do it on their own. So maybe this is what takes us into the franchising model, right? So you have your business on lock in New Jersey and it's built around you and, and your personality and your relationships and all of that. How talk about scaling this into the franchise model, both in terms of how you expand it, how you find new people and what the content looks like for them. And then also the economics of it for you and for them. Sure. So I'm part of this broadcast meteorologist group. I think there's like 3000 members of it. It's on Facebook. And every single day, there's a post complaining about how hard the business is. Uh, I'm not making enough. I, I feel overworked and underappreciated. So seeing that every day, I was like, huh, you know what? Let me post about what I'm doing and say, hey, you too can do this. But then you run into the same questions. Well, how do I get this started? How do I know what equipment that I need? Uh, how do I go about approaching businesses about this? What do I bring a business? And I'm like, okay, well, what if all that was taken away from you and all you had to do was focus on the weather, but also making the connections to uh, sell your product? Ultimately, what I would like to do if this is a, uh, a success is hire a salesperson that uses that information that we create because we're going to create a media kit, basically modeled after my media kit. Uh, I'll ask them for their analytics on Facebook and uh, break it down so that when they go into a customer, they can break it down just like I do. and It'll be the same format. I, I think it is going to be very successful because it's only targeting people that have over 50,000 followers. I am not going to be approaching anybody that has under that because I, I don't want to set anybody up for failure. I want them to be very successful. And there's plenty of people in these markets that have 100, 120,000 people that, you know, they are the trusted person. Like I'm talking to a guy in, in Joplin, Missouri. He's been doing TV weather for 25 years. He is fed up with it. Uh, they're throwing so much on him. He's like, I want out. I'm going to start my own business. And that that's really what threw me into to overdrive here. All right. Well, before you do that, let's talk. Let's see what I could provide you. So I'm partnered with a company that made me my website. So that's what we would offer. Uh, you know, that would initially cut out of my profit early on, but it's fine only for a couple months, but they would have this website that they wouldn't have to design. It's already there. They take my model and they just change the DMA. We would offer sales training. We would have uh, coaching every week or so, and we would come up with a, a plan. From the, the financial aspect of it, they start out just like I did, low. Uh, you know, they, they might start off making five, six, seven grand. But in many cases, that's exactly what they're making right now to be on their own and the ability to scale this up on, on their end as well. So I think making everything uniform with equipment and graphics and all that kind of stuff is important for the, the branding. But beyond that, you know, each individual person, I don't care what they do. As long as I, I get my franchise fee at the end of every month, you know, you, you have complete freedom to to grow and make as much money as you want. I don't want any cut of that. Just, you know, whatever we agree on. So you charge a flat fee rather than a rev share. Right. Yeah, exactly. And, and are you outlaying for the equipment? They get access to the feeds into the app. You know, eventually is this an all-encompassing app where you can now go find all the people in your network? So I, I'm actually, I have a business meeting in Tennessee in the next few weeks. The guy that initially 
came up with this idea because it does exist in, in Tennessee. There's a group called Tennessee Valley Weather, and they just randomly reached out to me and said, hey, this is what we do. And immediately I saw dollar signs because I'm like, well, you guys are great. I, I, I love you, but it could be better. And this is how I'm going to change it to make it better. And now we're going to go down there and talk about how to make that a national product and how we could offer that as part of the, the franchise. Another thing that we're going to offer is, uh, and we're going to start it here in New Jersey as a, a tester, first is an email subscription service. And this is going to be so super simple. And this is going to be targeting the people that are fed up with social media, the people walking away from Facebook and Twitter. And there's a lot of them. So I want to capture them too. So what we're going to do for $1.99 a month, it comes down to five cents a day. Every day at six o'clock in the morning, you're going to have an email from me. But here's the best part. No extra work on my end. It's all RSS feeds. So it's tied to my website. I do a blog, a four or five sentence blog. RSS feed pulls that in. It takes my latest YouTube video, pulls that in, packages it all together with a graphic that I created that is your morning commute, your evening commute, your 12 hourly forecast, and the seven day specific for your area because people can uh, sign up by their location, by their zip code. And I have different folders in my graphic system that automatically populates the graphics with that specific area's map and seven day forecast. So they'll be getting a personalized email with literally their forecast. It's all information that exists on the website, but people are too lazy to actually find it. So why not charge them a buck 99 and make some revenue on that? We're, we're smirking. We're smirking for a reason because, and, and kudos to you, we, we had this conversation about something, not that we were diving into this, but it, it was part of our weather fascination. It was everything you just described. And I was ready to jump in and say, so Nick, add the golf ball icon for the golf forecast for that day. Add the gardening icon for the garden forecast that day. If it's in Cincinnati and the Reds are playing that day, put in the baseball, right? Because we, we were having this conversation a couple weeks ago in the office about, boy, wouldn't that be an amazing idea to work it into a newsletter flow? And you've got it. And it, it, it's going to crush, not because we also, not because we agree with it, because it is a fantastic idea. Yeah, I, I think a lot of people will be uh, signing up for it. And look, the way I figured this out, just a quick math in my head that made it very appealing. Yeah. All right, so... I have 75,000 downloads on my app. That's 75% of my following. I'm not, people are cheap. I say, okay, 10% of my following signs up for that. That's 20 grand a month if I'm selling it all out. So why wouldn't I do it? If it's, it's a very little investment up front with a huge reward in the end. Have you thought about, so, you know, that the newsletter piece and could scale really well too into those other markets. Have you thought, Hey, you get someone who just, who isn't doing as much with written or doesn't write the blog post as well, like actually hiring editorial teams to actually craft it. So it's a, you know, it's a tailor-made product, written product for the email newsletter or for the website. Yeah. Sp I, specifically in other markets where people don't wear as many hats as you do. Right. Yeah. I, I've definitely thought about that. And again, I want to get one successful person under my belt and then I can go to the community and say, Hey, not only am I doing it in my very niche situation, but somebody else in another market is making it work. Let's talk, you know? So I'm, I'm looking for that one person. I think I, I got him in, in Joplin. But yeah, I mean, I do want to, I want to keep overhead as low as possible, of course, but I do believe that we could expand on things by taking a couple people on here or there. And even if it's, uh, I hired a weekend guy. Uh, he does my, my weekend forecast. When I go on vacation, he, he does that too. Maybe it's even bringing him on full time. And then he focuses on, on that kind of stuff as well. So uh, playing with those things right now. 
so how do you, you've obviously thought a lot about distribution. You have the videos on YouTube. Facebook seems to be where, you know, a bulk of views come. So I want to kind of walk us through what that pie looks like in terms of where the audience is, but you're also thinking about app and newsletter. How much time do you spend on sort of tailor creating content for each platform or building a process where you create the video, you create the written piece, and then it just, it pings out in all directions. So it's funny you say that because I'm about to, after I'm done this, I'm going to sign the contract for a company called Social News Desk. And they basically, you sign into your social media platforms. And have you heard of Hootsuite? So it's just like that, but for newsrooms. So it's much more in depth. You can do more things with it. So eventually I'll take my videos, I'll take my, my graphics, everything, post it one time, and then it takes it and spreads it out. So that will save me a lot of time. Uh, right now I'm spending a couple hours a day after all the videos are, are uploaded, actually sending them to the different places. So it'll be really cool to be able to do that all in one spot. Now, people ask me all the time, well, don't you work like 24 seven? The answer is no, unless it's severe weather. It's all an illusion. And I, I don't want to give the secret away, but whatever. On a nice day, when you know what the weather is going to be, which isn't all the time, you know, we have such crazy weather around here, but on a nice day in the middle of like April, so to say, uh, I get up at five. Sonny, Sonny, I'll see you tomorrow. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> uh, which by the way, as, as weather weenies, you'll know, hardest days ever to, to provide content. I'll talk forever on a severe weather day. There's endless stuff to talk about, but you give me a week of sunshine and hot weather. What do you talk about? You know? So in TV news, when I used to do the morning show, that used to be the biggest stumbling block. We had weather every 10 minutes. No idea why. I mean, it didn't change, but I would come back and I'd be like, hi, it's me again. Nothing changed. It's still going to be sunny and hot today. But uh, at any rate, on a good day, I wake up at five. I am done work for the day by 8, 30, 9 o'clock in the morning. And then I get to go focus on other rabbit holes and whatnot. But it's a matter of using the technology at your disposal and scheduling things out. I schedule to Facebook, Twitter, my website, and just call it a day. If something changes, I'll just log in and, and tweak the, the wording on, on stuff. But yeah, I, people think that, I, and there was a point where I did work a lot, um, but now it's more spent on contemplating how to grow the, the business and come up with more automated ways to make residual income. And that's why I think this channel is going to be so big because it's not going to impact my day at all. It's just going to, once it's set up, it's going to be running. It's going to be on YouTube. You're going to be able to access it from anywhere. And that's going to be very advantageous for companies to come in and put their 30 second spots on. In fact, I had three meetings today. I'm already selling this thing and it doesn't even exist. When do you anticipate the launch of the over the top app and the start of the franchise? Hopefully going to be getting this all coded and ready for, I guess, the first day of summer. I think that would be a good day to, to launch. So just under a month away. And then the franchise, I would like to get started by the fall. I have to sit down with my good friend who's also an attorney and, you know, hash that all out. In most of my dealings in life, I've always been a handshake kind of guy. I'm gullible sometimes and I give people the benefit of the doubt. I always see the good, but then I, there, there's been many times where I've, I've been hurt by, you know, actions people have taken. So I want to insulate myself from that, obviously, and uh, do everything legally and a binding contract on everybody's end just to protect everybody. So I, I think by the fall, uh, that'll be up and running. To you, I mean, obviously you're, you're making money and the business is, is bringing in plenty of dollars. Have you taken investment? Have you ever thought, like, what's the end goal? Have you taken investment to grow? 
would you like to get this acquired someday and build up this massive network that's a you know that you could sell off and you could do your part in Jersey but have this thing that's really valuable as a standalone product? That's exactly where I see this going. I think you know once it's built up, maybe it might take five, ten years, but I think you build a network. You know, first couple of franchisees that that pop up, TV stations aren't going to think anything of it. But when you're starting to encroach on Hearst and Sinclair, and they're seeing that meteorologists that work for them are now on their own making money, that's when you make an impact. So I don't know if it's you know a couple people that buy it or if it's actually a company like Sinclair that says, hey, we no longer have to think about doing this. It's already done for us. Let's just you know take that over. So yeah, I would love to do that. Um, I will always keep the stuff I'm doing here in Jersey. I am not somebody that is easily relaxable. Uh, in fact, I think I'm most hyper and my thought engine is going stronger when I'm on vacation. It just always works out that way. Uh, the last time I was in Florida, I'm going back this weekend, I decided I was going to write a, an autobiography. So I just started writing the book and uh, I'm like five chapters in. So I'm going to try to add more to it when I'm down there. So I am a full throttle in all directions all the time. And I know to some people that know me, it can get very exhausting, but just the way I am. With your drive and energy, I think the Hearst and the Sinclair networks of the world should be concerned. Yeah, I agree. I agree. <laughs> they're, they're dinosaurs. They're reluctant to change and uh, it's going to bite them. You know, when they see that they're losing good talent and they can make much more money on their own, then uh, so they're going to have to adapt. It's one of the things with the create, you know, the quote unquote creator economy, but it's so true. You have people that are really talented who have a passion for a subject and you have the big media companies or the larger companies who just are, are they're in protection mode of their assets and, and their mode and what pays their bills. And they're not thinking, you know, weather is still kind of paying bills for local TV. And it's the one thing keeps people tuned in and they don't want to look here because it hurts them to look here. And then someone like you comes along and just starts, you know, bootstraps their way up. And next thing they know, you know, they got a, a competitor or, or a natural acquisition target. We typically ask people, you know, one great tool or service you use, but you've named like four. So I got like Wirecast, the Barron Weather System, Social News Desk. Is there anything else you use that's like indispensable to your workflow? Uh, no, not really. I mean, that those are the, the big ones. I, I wouldn't be able to do this business without Barron. And yes, it, it is expensive, but it's literally going to be running the Weather Channel. I don't have to do anything. It, it, it schedules everything to my website. So I wouldn't be able to do severe weather coverage. I, if it went up to $4,000 a month, I'd pay it because uh, it is, I can't put a dollar price on it because this is the business and they are super simple to work with. They're like the friendliest people in the world too. So you call them at four o'clock in the morning, somebody's there to, uh, to log into your computer and, and fix a problem. So, you know, we don't like paying bills, right? We don't like paying taxes and all that kind of stuff. But when I write that check to Barron every month, like, okay, it's like I'm paying a friend. So that's perfectly fine with me. You know, it seems a lot of people have that one moment where, you know, you go out on your own and you're not sure, hey, this is going to work. Have you had that moment yet where either I'm not sure if this is going to work, I'm not sure if I can continue this, or did you just hit the ground running and you haven't looked back? There's a book that I live my life by, actually two of them, uh, The Alchemist and The Secret. And those teach you that when you want something strong enough and you push hard enough, the universe conspires to make it happen. I have no doubt that this is going to be successful. None whatsoever. I wake up every morning, I see what the end goal is, and it has proven itself to be worthy time and time again, where you know, you, you manifest the destiny that you want. You exude this positive energy, 
It's a law of attraction. That positivity comes back to you. I see it all the time. People that are downtrodden, people that are always uh, say, oh, I, I just have no luck because you have that mentality. Wake up, look yourself in the mirror and say, look, I'm going to have the best damn day possible. And uh, just go about believing that you're the, the greatest person in the world. And when you do that, your whole outlook changes. You, you got to try to expunge those negative thoughts from your, your head. So I was a little nervous in the beginning, but it came out of necessity. I knew I didn't want to go on to another market. I knew that, uh, you know, I had to make it work here. So in the beginning when we just bought a new house and uh, I was like, how am I going to, you know, pay if this uh, falls through? But no, I, I mean, at this point, there's no looking back. I, I Every customer I have is solid. These are people that are, that are ride or die. Uh, so e even if I took half of my business away, I'd still be perfectly fine. Uh, of course, you know, I want to make as much as possible, but I'm also uh, cognizant of I'm not doing this just for money. My primary reasoning is I want to help people. I, I really do. Like I have this gigantic platform and I want to use it as a way to teach people, maybe uh, help with weather anxieties and educate the public. And if I can make a good living doing all that, hey, nobody at the end of the day is going to, when it's all over, is going to judge me based on how many times I was right or wrong. Hopefully I was right a lot, but it's going to be, what did he do to help the community? You know, we had those tornadoes last September. I saw all the destruction. I went with the National Weather Service and surveyed it. And it was, it was heart-wrenching. So immediately I put a, a fundraiser together. And within a week, we raised $10,000. We did a, a dine and donate local business. I said, hey, can I do a, an event here? They said, yeah, sure. Community came together. We did a raffle. It was incredible. I do hot meals for the, the, uh, the holiday season. Uh, I, will, I started out providing, this was like five years ago, one meal just me. And now I do 10 meals and then I have the community donate and then we convert that into uh, gift cards. So charity is a big part of this for me. I want to give back. I want to pay it forward and, you know, make money while doing that. This is a great interview, Nick. I'll tell you, we're going to be rooting for you. I, I, we're definitely going to be downloading the app and using the, you know, the Norcast app and then the new over the top and uh, app as well. So we, we'll be cheering you on on social for sure. I appreciate that. Oh, thank Why you. don't you uh, tell everybody where they can find you, the app, social, all that. Yeah, on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, it's at Nor'easterNick, all one word, N-O-R-E-A-S-T-E-R-N-I-C-K. And my app is Norcast Weather in the Apple and Android store. And the new OTT app will just be Norcast TV. And I mean, literally, I will be everywhere. You're not going to be able to get away from me. <laughs> Coming to a town near you soon. Nor'easter, uh, Nick Pittman, founder and president of uh, Norcast TV. Nick, thanks so much. This is great. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for your time, guys. Dude, that was my favorite interview so far. I think I, I had to stop. I think I said the word awesome like five times. Yeah, I said great. I had to stop calling it great. <laughs> Nor'easter Nick was a pleasure. Awesome guy to talk to. So much energy. I mean, and, and then like the energy just like goes through the screen and then like, you know, you're ready to go. What such drive. Amazing backstory. I mean, that is, that is a guy who has not had it easy. Unbelievable work ethic. You know, and he's going to build something that's going to absolutely kick ass in weather. And, you know, and like for us as weather dorks, like it's cool. But like other people are like, ah, the weather, weather is the weather. Like I got people in my family, they would have no idea if a tornado warning was coming or not. You and I are talking about it the day before. And this guy's going to crush it. Just an awesome, awesome interview and seems like a, a really good person, too, especially locally. 
in a New Jersey community. Just a wonderful interview. The minute I knew this is going to be an eight-figure business is that move he did with the TV station where they had the, was it the Baron Weather System? And he said, I'm going to buy it for you for pennies on the dollar. Like he used the word shark. I didn't want to like, he used it. I'm glad he did because that was the first thought. Like that's a shark move right there. You know, they have nothing to do with it. You're going to take them an offer there. They just have to accept it because it's that or nothing. When I had a hint of who we were dealing with on recording the podcast show is when he referenced being down, I think in, in Key West and he's trying to sell ads. He's, he's just breaking away. He knows it's his, it's his chance. And here he is going after the customer immediately aggressiveness you know having that that ability to just like i don't know i don't like for me it's a chip on the shoulder i, I don't think i don't know for him if it is i think it's just an unbelievable drive and nothing's going to stop him kind of mentality as soon as he kind of mentioned that early on in the show i was like oh boy this has got some legs to it let's see where this is going to go and uh an amazing story that still has a lot of chapters to be told this is like the perfect business too because he's doing a niche in a niche he's doing local weather and local businesses are hard. You know, we've talked about this before. Some of the best opportunities are in very specific niches where you can go down deep and have multiple products and bring a value and charge people and get premium advertisers. But local adds another very, you know, variable to that and dealing with local businesses. It can be tricky. I've done it. You're not dealing with Fortune 500 companies that have an invoice system. You're, you know, you're sometimes shaking down mom and pop. So he's thought about it. I'm going to charge up front. I can't be left high and dry. How do I scale? And I'm going to get a, I'm going to provide this to people in other markets. I'm going to hire a sales guy to take this off their shoulder. And then he's thought about automating the business because one of my questions to him was going to be, what happens when Nor'easter Nick goes on vacation? Right. And he, he had an answer. He's got a backup for him locally. But in those other markets, he's thought about how do you automate? So the work you're doing, you're creating the video, you're creating content, and now you have your centralized platform you record it on and it kicks it out to, to social and to the newsletter and feeds. And we're beginning to see now Kenny Coleman from Bourbon Pursuit did this. How do you take this backlog of podcasts you have? Well, you, you set up a feed and you set up an automated process. So you press the button and it looks like he, he you know, he called it a little bit of smoke and mirrors, but it looks like you're always on, but you have the, the, the machine, the quote unquote machine running in the background for you. Just fascinated with all the ways he thought about taking something it seems like, you know, it can't be scale. You're almost like a baker when you're doing local weather. Every day you have to create fresh content. And he's already thought about how he scales it outward and how he automates and simplifies and is most efficient with his process. Truly awesome. We have had quite a few conversations over the years between us about where we feel things are moving. You know, there has been such a digital wave and it's hit so many industries and verticals, right? And we kind of feel as if there is this potential movement to needing more interaction, right? Like people need it. Is what, you know, seems to be the theory that we're moving towards. We've gotten too digital. I keep hitting my mic, sorry. And hearing that there's a shortage of meteorologists across the country. Number one, if I was young and like single, didn't have a family, I would that I would be like, oh my God, I gotta go where there's a shortage. I'm gonna go be a meteorologist. You know what I mean? So knowing and seeing his vision of the franchise and then this is the connection part, right? Like I, I use the Oklahoma example or like, you know, it's Joplin, Missouri. My God, I mean, it's one of the strongest, I think, tornadoes in the history of America hit Joplin years ago. People are going, they want that contact and they want to turn to someone they can trust. And if local news is kind of breaking down, like, like we've seen the newspaper business breakdown and 
this is going to be a very, very important factor of someone's life. Everybody needs to know the weather at some point, especially in an emergency situation. And I think he's got a home run with this idea of uh, franchising meteorologists across the country. We were for yeah, totally for people who weren't aren't watching this. Most people listen instead of watch. But we were laughing a lot when he started talking about newsletters because we sat in our in our office a month ago and had this exact conversation. And we talk about sports all the time on this because that's what we used to do. But the reason it worked, we focused on all of these local sports brands because what were the what was the type of content that was indispensable to regions and and local and it's sports and weather. Right. So much of the other stuff has been taken over by the national news, which he sort of alluded to. But what are the things you can't do without? Sports is a big part of local communities and you can build communities around that. And it's kept local TV relevant and cable packages relevant for longer than it should, because it's the only way for a while to consume sports. And now you're getting a lot of stuff going OTT. But weather is sort of that last bastion for local TV broadcast news. Local TV news is terrible. It's a bunch of press release. It's it's fire, fire, murder, press release, community event. It's more quasi entertainment than news. But everyone needs the weather. And you and I, to your point about this automate, everything's going automated and is is so personalized that it's impersonal. And I think weather apps are the best example of this because it gives you this granular data. You and I love radar scope and we like to look at the a velocity when there's a tornado warning. 99.5% of people don't even think about an app like that. They think about Carrot or the Apple weather app. But even that, your hourly forecasts are just based on percentages. There's no context. You see 56% chance of rain or 86% and you're like, oh shit, it's going to rain. But in reality, it, if you read the detail, it's like, you know, maybe a light shower passing through. That doesn't need to change your plans for the day. Weather is really something that requires context and a forecast. And it's why people still will seek out the local news for that. And he's thinking about the way to digitize that. And we had the conversation, you know, under the guise of, of a newsletter. You need it every day. You need it most of the time in the morning. You'd probably be willing to pay a little bit for it because it shows up in your inbox. You don't have to seek it out. And it's a little bit personalized. You talk about putting the icons for gardening, for the Reds game for golf that day. You know, each forecast matters because it's a different time of the day and might require different weather. Gardening, you might want some rain. Landscaping, you might want some rain after you do your work. All of that we've always felt is a great newsletter opportunity. And here he is talking about it. And he's thought about how do you take video and written and you put it together and you automate it. Big, big opportunity. Big opportunity. No, I agree. I agree. It was a, a very, very, very fun conversation. Our podcast is generally new, and I hate dating our podcast. I know you do too, by, by me saying that. But I really look forward to seeing and catching up with him in the future and being able to kind of get to part two of this and talking about the success and the challenges of franchising and doing an over-the-top app and things of that nature. Because it's going to be a great example, I think, for people in our audience to hear that. I think there's probably a lot of listeners who think, man, yeah, I, I've always thought about doing what I do and having that accessible as an app on whether it's Apple TV or Roku or whatever. And franchising today, I got to imagine the challenges are pretty crazy. You know, I think when we think of franchises, we think of food. But in this case, certainly a different vertical just to hear how that goes. It's so true. He talked about these people leaving TV and, and leaving these mainstream things. And I, you know, I sort of dabbled with this in for subscriptions when a lot of people are getting laid off from ESPN. I had reached out to some of them. I was like, hey, 
you guys have big audiences. Let me help you build an audience on the internet and help you build the internet portion. You got a hundred thousand, a million followers in the case of one person. And what I ran into was that a number of these journalists who were TV people or used to getting a paycheck from a major brand, they didn't have to do all the groundwork, weren't that entrepreneurial, right? And what Nick's offering is really smart is, listen, you guys do what you do best. We'll take care of the, the web portion, the sales, the promotion, the process. You're just going to go down your basement. You're going to stand in front of the green screen. You're going to do your report. And then I'm going to take care of distributing and selling that for you and, and give you the blueprint to do it. Super, super, super smart. Awesome. He get, he, I hope he gains some fans. I mean, we, we, were, we were already fans, but I hope he gained some fans from listeners. And also, too, I think some inspiration to people. You know, that's awesome to hear success stories like that. And I hope some of the listeners certainly take away, you know, some energy and, and go out there. And maybe it's just a little something to get over some of the hurdles that they have with their business today here and you know, what Nick's gone through and where he is now. Yeah, totally. So if you're listening and you liked what you heard, be sure to go on iTunes or your podcast player of choice. Make sure you subscribe to the Monetize Media Podcast. Please leave us a five-star review and write something in the review. I don't know. Let's, let's make it weather-related today. What should it be? What do they write that's weather-related? Uh, boy, you, you got me on the spot. Like I wanted to go to like, you know, you know that, that podcast was, you know, like a clap of thunder through my day or something like that. <laughs> All right. Give us a weather pun. Five stars. Something cheesy. Five stars and a weather pun. You can go to monetize.media to see all of our shows. Find all the subscribes links. That's monetize.media. No.com afterwards. And you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. No spaces. Monetize Media HQ. You can find links to this interview, clips from it. Uh, we like to clip things up and kind of take away through lines that we see in articles on the website and on social. So please follow and subscribe and make sure to give Nick a follow. If you're certainly if you're in South Jersey, otherwise you could download the Norcast app because it sounds like he's going to be hiring someone in your market soon. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. 